0: We've talked about doing this for so long. I'm really happy that we are finally doing this because I think our first discussion about doing a podcast together was maybe a year and a half ago, if I remember correctly. Is that accurate?
1: A year and a half ago. God, I can't remember what I ate for lunch last week. You're going to ask me what (laughs) happened a year and a half ago. Um, I remember really pitching the idea to you at sunset this year, like last year, technically. And that was when I was like, I really want to do this. I want to do this. And even like talking, immediately talking about sponsorship at the track. Um, but yeah, I think I might have originally pitched it to you in 2019 of like, I just want to do a podcast one day. And you're like, well, I'd be down to do it. But.
0: And that's how this project has arrived <laughs> with Todd and Caitlin is like, yeah, we think this would be a cool idea. We. I don't want to say we haven't planned anything, but we, we've we kind of discussed ideas. We've kind of discussed concepts and things that we'd like to do, things that we'd like to talk about, things that we definitely don't want to talk about. And I think that's going to give us just enough of a foundation to start this bold new
1: venture. Brand new journey, very little planned. We're just going to come on here and talk. Maybe we'll have some guests sometimes. Who knows? But... One thing we don't want to talk about is on-track racing, because we see enough of that in our everyday lives.
0: (laughs) Well, and and it doesn't mean that we'll exclude completely what a racer may or may not have done or accomplished out on track through an event or a season or through their career, but we don't want to focus on, yeah, uh, we changed the stagger on this particular Day and that helped us get a win that's that, that's way too technical for me as as far as I'm concerned that's 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 way above my pay grade in terms of technical knowledge so I like to focus on stories and I like to talk to people and I'm curious I I've, I've told producers when I've done shows and stuff before and you're working with an analyst or guest I said I can always give you another question so if we need to to do something there's always another question that i can ask so that may be for you caitlin at some points it may be for guests when we have them because we will have guests and they will be involved in racing but there's always a another question because i have a bit of a curiosity thing
1: Mm -hmm. for me the on-track racing action is merely the cherry on top of the discussions we will have here it is the the, the foundation, the it's like the very beginning foundation, but then also just the sprinkles on top of the perfect podcast Sunday.
0: It's interesting that you chose Sunday because I, I was going to liken it to building a sandwich because I love me a good sandwich and you you have you know the right bread and you have the, the right proteins and meats and cheeses and lettuce and tomato sometimes tomato goes on a sandwich sometimes it doesn't go on a sandwich it depends on on what kind of sandwich you're having and depends on the protein the 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 best sandwich or the most famous sandwich probably is the the turkey sandwich after the holiday of of christmas or thanksgiving and stuff yes yes see now okay so tell me your ideal turkey sandwich
1: my ideal turkey sandwich and we're thinking cold turkey sandwich not like a hot turkey sandwich
0: yes this is a not an open face heated sandwich
1: okay um my ideal turkey sandwich um I always eat my sandwiches unless I'm at subway um I always eat my sandwiches on rye bread Mm. that's the only bread I really eat nowadays um I will typically have dark meat
0: Interesting. I'm a
1: dark meat kind of turkey lover. Um, Really good aged cheddar. Yes. Um, Tomatoes. And Mm -hmm. that's a new thing for me. Only within, I think, the last year and a half have I found the palate for tomatoes. I used to hate them. Um, Lettuce. I think it really, my ideal turkey sandwiches actually almost become just a club sandwich.
0: So, no cranberry sauce? No. Me either. I I don't do cranberry sauce either as the turkey meal or as part of the sandwich. So, mm-hmm. that's a that's a good sandwich and I would give that a try. It's different from mine, which is a nice bread, um a kind of a thicker, crusty bread is nice. I usually Ooh. toast it as well. Uh mayo top and bottom slice. Cheese. Cheddar is good. Havarti is good. Provolone is good.
1: Any cheese
0: is also good on a turkey sandwich if you haven't tried it. So, yeah, I usually mix white and dark meat as opposed to one or the other. Lettuce, no tomato. And dressing. You put dressing on the turkey sandwich. Dressing as in
1: gravy or dressing as in like Caesar salad dressing?
0: No, dressing as in stuffing, but I don't call it oh. stuffing because I don't stuff it in the bird. It's dressing cooked in a pan separate. I don't stuff it in the bird.
1: See, my family doesn't stuff it in the bird either. We just usually get the box stuffing. Sometimes we stuff it in the bird, but sometimes, but we call it stuffing regardless because.
0: Yes, I understand. If it
1: looks like a stuffing and it walks like a stuffing, it's a stuffing. So. <laughs>
0: I understand completely. So now that we've gone about five minutes or so on sandwiches, you're getting a general understanding of how this podcast is going to work. It's not going to be all about how a car performed at any given race in any different series at any given track. We both have similar racing experiences in terms of the NASCAR Pinty series in Canada, because we both work on that. You've worked for the Mm -hmm. series for a couple of years and that's how we got to know each other. Is Mm -hmm. it three years now? Well, we actually met before you started working for the series because you were doing your own stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. I was freelancing with Can Race for the first two years. So 2017 and 2018. And then I started working for NASCAR 2019. So yeah, that will be three. Oh, that's yeah. Three. um, three (laughs) You do math like me. (laughs) Three seasons and Going in 2022, being my fourth season with them. Yes. So.
0: so now, what what other peripheral racing experience do you bring as a as a fan? Have you since you were a, a, a tiny child in in arms? Have you been going to race tracks? Is that how it started, or did it evolve?
1: I watched my first NASCAR race. Homestead, Miami, 2013, when Jimmy Johnson won his sixth championship. That was the first NASCAR race I like vividly remember watching. Mm-hmm. My dad, growing up, was a huge Earnhardt fan, but then as after Earnhardt passed and the racing moved on, it kind of he kind of fell out of it. Still a big Earnhardt fan, um, but my stepdad was huge, huge Jeff Gordon fan, and we went to my first race at Pocono in 2014 where we watched and junior won that race. Nice. I fell in love with it.
0: Nice. It is captivating when you see it in person, isn't it?
1: It's every single person that through school, through life that has asked me, why do you like racing? It's like, go to a track and you'll figure it out. So it's like, well, all they do is go around in circles and just like chase each other. It's like, go to a track Mm -hmm. and you'll figure it out because I guarantee you, while it is the, adrenaline and the atmosphere of race day the thing that actually made me fall in love with racing was the people and the fans
0: yes 100 percent, 100 that's that's a very similar common thread mm-hmm. that you and i have is that you spend time talking to people that are involved in the sport mm-hmm. and that's the the best part about my job at least is that i get to spend so much time talking to people at the track that are involved in the sport, which whichever area it doesn't have to necessarily be a driver or a crew mm-hmm. member, or, or there's officials that have interesting stories that you're, you want to spend time and socialize with as well. That's the the best part. And being, being as close to it as you and I get, that's the other thrill that we're incredibly, incredibly lucky to be able to, to compare it to uh, an, another sport, if you're that's more common in Canada, it would be hockey. It's like, it's like, it's like standing on the ice as we get to stand on the field as at the of play so often. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's a thrill that you can't take away.
1: It isn't. And if you had told Caitlin in 2015, when that was my second race, by the way, was Michigan 2015. If you had told me standing on that pit road, when I was like, this is what I want to do. My, I think it was like my, right after my first year of journalism school, it was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go into racing. I want to be here every single weekend. If you had told that version of Caitlin that, well, in seven years, you will be like a communications manager for the national Canadian NASCAR series. She probably would have fainted on the spot. She would have been like, what?
0: <laughs> Yes. Similar experience that it was the real push to get involved. Was hmm. it's self motivated, but I watched. It was the nineteen ninety two Indianapolis five hundred with Scott Goodyear and Al Jr. racing to the finish line in the closest Indianapolis five hundred finish ever, and hearing Alancer Jr. after he'd won and wasn't sure that he'd won when he crossed the finish line, say, "You just don't know what it means to to win at Indianapolis," and it was wow. This is really. Captivating. And then it was okay. Well, how can I become involved? I mean, I have no marketable skills. So I got involved in the media part of it, in doing pit reporting. And that grew into other series. It was the predecessor to the Pinty series was the Cascar Super Series. So that's where I started. And then evolved. I actually got to work in IndyCar. I've done Formula One races and I've done IMSA events and every series on the road to Indy ladder and in sports cars. And it's been, I think I added it up once and it was about 15 or 16 different series that I've actually got to work, with, which is fantastic mm-hmm. and so much fun. But even still, after doing all that, it's, it's a thrill that once you start the new year, as we got into January of twenty two, it's okay. I'm ready. I need racing season to start now, which was part of the motivation. That and a work a work gig to go to the Rolex Twenty Four, which I'd never done before. And you never done
1: it before.
0: Never been to the Rolex Twenty Four. Been to the Twelve Hours of Sebring and worked uh-huh. there, but I've never done the Rolex Twenty Four. So. I'll tell you now, I didn't stay up for the whole thing because it was freezing cold. And who goes to Florida expecting it to be freezing cold? But I'm wearing a winter jacket and hat and gloves and everything. It was it was freezing cold, but the event was spectacular, as I as I knew it would be. And a lot of Canadians did really well at Sebring, like the FAF Motorsports team, who had an unbelievable race to win their class in the Rolex, and. Uh, Kyle Marcelli was there, Daniel Morad was there. And I, I won't list them all because there's just so many team members as well that are Canadians. But the the biggest thrill and the reason I was there was to interview Robert Wickens, who made his return to racing three and a half years after suffering that horrifying crash at Pocono.
1: I and remember that. So I didn't why. watch the race. I remember it was we the same. Riverside. Yeah, it was the same day as Riverside. I was 2018, so I was covering it for Can Race. And I was out with my grandparents because, um, and we were out like at the Deepen Bunker. And because I was covering um, Riverside, I was running from like, for those of you who don't know the Deepen Bunker, it is an underground, it's in Ottawa. It's an underground like bunker from like, I think the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was running from like three stories down up to the top to get self-service so I could see. And as I'm doing that, I see in my group chat with my friends, this horrifying crash of Robert. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I remember just spending the rest of the day, just like constantly refreshing my phone to see if he was okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to see him back racing for what it's been four years,
0: three and a half years, three and a
1: half years is, insane it is it really shows the hard work and perseverance he put into his recovery
0: his his recovery has been such an inspiration sharing the highs and the lows because there were some real tough moments too throughout that that he and his now wife carly have experienced and shared together but it's been a, a remarkable, and I don't, I don't think they really even fully understand how much of an inspiration they've been, and to how many people mm-hmm. they've been an inspiration to as well. So to see him coming back now with Brian Herta Autosport and competing in a full season in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series, I think is, it's it, it's something else to to see, and and I I get a little choked up at good stories like that, heartwarming stories like that, to see how far that they have come and. It's 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 been a pretty special accomplishment
1: for them. And what a way to kick it off than to finish on the podium! As yeah, well. that, that was, was amazing. That I didn't get pretty... to watch the end of the Rolex, so when I saw it pop up on my phone that he had finished on the podium, I'm like, ah, oh, that's amazing. I'm it was so yeah, it
0: was really something special to to see. So now you get to go to Daytona in the next few days too to experience in... the Daytona 500.
1: For my second time, I went, it's going to be vastly different than my first time, because my first time was February 2020.
0: I believe I remember that mm-hmm. time frame, because that was PP, pre-pandemic.
1: Yes, it was. Um, it wasn't totally pre-pandemic, though, because when I checked in on my phone to go down, it did ask if I had been to China in the last 14 days. Right. So it was pre lockdown and pre-closure, but it was the like COVID was still was just beginning to circulate. And you're beginning to talk about it. and I look back at my vlogs from that trip and I think COVID was most definitely there.
0: <laughs>
1: because everyone was just yeah so like close and like next to each other on the front stretch, especially on race day. Um But it'll be very interesting to go back and see sold out crowd. So it's going to be very, um, it's going to be like very, the buzz of kicking off. Well, season's already kicked off because of the clash, but really starting point season and getting to see what those next gen cars can do on a super speedway as well will be super cool. I'm excited to hear them for the first time. Yes. Because I've heard they, I've, seen online that they sound vastly different um but yeah i will um, i'm leaving tuesday for daytona um and i come back i think exactly a week later so the next tuesday there for the entire speed weeks which is different this year too because qualifying is usually the saturday and then they do the clash and then they have a couple days off and then they usually do duels on the thursday and then trucks xfinity uh, cup race on Sunday. So, so it's a more
0: condensed experience.
1: It is, but it'll be nice too, because I know um, 2020, a lot of my friends like came for the clash and then left as I was coming and then came back for the duels. So it was like very pass and go with a lot of the people I know down there. And we didn't really get to see, I didn't really get to see anyone until like Saturday, Sunday, but this year everyone's just going to be there for that big chunk of time. So nice. Expecting it to look like your background. If I have to wear hats and mitts, I will not be happy.
0: Yes, I I understand that. So the last few days I was in Florida, it was more like this. So let's let's hope for for better weather. So since you brought up the clash mm-hmm. as the precursor to the uh, 500, which always kicks off the season, mm-hmm. what do you th- what did you think of this year's event that was in the LA Coliseum? short track, different kind of qualifying. They had heat races. There was entertainment. Give me your overall view on the event, what you liked, what you didn't like, if anything, and go from there.
1: Um, I didn't get to watch the full event. Um, I watched, I think the last quarter of it. I was blown away by it. it Cause I seeing it on my friend's, uh, social stories and in their photos, and just the buzz of the weekend. Um, I thought the paddock was very reminiscent of grassroots racing. It looked mm-hmm. like a bougie Pinty's paddock. <laughs> um, it's the back, a the backdrop from like the Coliseum into downtown LA, so cool. Um, I thought the format of it was really well done how they had the heat races and then went in because there's no way you could get that many cars, like a full field of cars onto that track. Right. Um, but it was fiery. It's like, they were after each other. It was the first race of the season. So it's like, people are like, it's like you have a whole season ahead of you and it's not even a points race. You're just doing it because you want to win the first race at the LA Coliseum and the first race in the next gen car. So it was like, just the whole event, I think, was so well done. And it, I think it was well needed in NASCAR as well to just go out and try something different.
0: I agree with you that it was very different. And I think it was long overdue different. that I, I love that they had heat races. I think I would like to see more of that at more events that you have heat races and a last chance qualifier to get in to set the field, obviously bigger tracks. You can hold, still hold the full field of cars, but I think the heat races were great. And if they used heat races and shortened some of the races, I think that would be a good move for NASCAR to make in the cup series, especially.
1: That's interesting because a lot of, I saw online, a lot of people were saying that they should have made the main event longer. I don't think so. No, I don't think
0: I think 150 was plenty on that track. I think because you had heat races in advance as as the program as a whole, mm-hmm. I think was just fine in terms of of the length. I also liked that they had entertainment as part of it. I mean, this it's an all star event. It's like the, the NHL all star game or MLB's all star game or whatever. It doesn't count for points. It's not the regular season. There are no rules about how you run the competition in terms of gaining points. You can do whatever you want. So try stuff. This is your opportunity to do things. So I love that they had entertainment, Pitbull and Ice Cube, I thought were great. You know, Pitbull's a little behind on the lip sync. Okay, whatever. He's, you know, he's a little past the best before date because because of his personality and he's a high energy show, it's, you know, it gets tougher to keep up. I thought Ice Cube was great. I'm not a super familiar guy with his, his music and stuff. I thought he was fantastic. And I saw so many comments about, oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? What This would never, but would have been done back in the day. It's, it's not, not back, back in the, in the day. day anymore. <laughs> Come, like, let's, let's, this is, you want to expose your sport to new ideas and new fans and new things. I think there's tracks that could learn a lot from this kind of event, short tracks, grassroots racing that run Fridays and Saturday nights or even Sundays and think, uh, maybe no i'm not saying they go out and get ice cube or pitbull as they entertainment, but, but but there's ways to incorporate some of those things into the short tracks as well to captivate a new audience
1: and i know pre-pandemic and pre-jucasa closure jucasa was doing an amazing job at doing that they yes. would have concerts the night before the pinties races in the campgrounds and i i don't remember if you just had a ticket if you could go but i know if you were camping you Here's a concert, and it was always like local artists. So it was the short tracks see that, and they want to do it. And I don't know; I can't remember if there are any like CTMP's done it. I believe yes, in their yes. campgrounds as well, and they have the big fireworks as well. And, and obviously, CTMP isn't a short track; it's a world class facility. But
0: but there's opportunities
1: exactly, and bringing it back into Canada, it's. The opportunities are there. You don't have to, like you said, get Pitbull or Ice Cube. You can get a local artist. You can get an Ontario-based band, and it'll be just as thrilling and exciting.
0: Yes, but try try new things. You the mm-hmm. the difficulty is you want to keep cultivating a new and younger audience. Well, that means you need to do things for families and have families of three, four, five, or six, and you have younger people do something for for teens and young 20s to, to get them involved and get them attracted to the sport as well. It's not just about the, the race, as you see with, with so many street races. You know, IndyCar is the, the example of it having street races in, like, in Long Beach and, and Toronto and, and other areas. It's, there's so much more to it than just the race. And these are the things that other series need to look at and do as well. Detroit's another great event.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to go to Detroit one day. Detroit would be really cool. Um, not that Toronto isn't cool. I think Toronto is one of the best races, but, um, that that's me being biased Mm -hmm. because I live in Toronto, but I think it's very exciting to see where NASCAR is, that NASCAR is growing and that it is willing to change. And we've seen a lot of change from NASCAR in the last two years. It almost kind of feels like the pandemic was, and it, it was changing pre pandemic also, but it really feels like the pandemic was like, okay, we have an opportunity here to just switch everything up.
0: Yes. Whether in, uh, through the cup series, through the Xfinity series, through the truck series as well, there's, there's changes and evolution that are taking place because if you keep doing the same thing, the same way every year, there's something to be said for consistency, but it also becomes stale and or stagnant. And you have to, you have to keep trying to grow and do new things. So Sure, you want to have the same events in similar places, but but it's okay to try something new. As you mentioned, NASCAR was doing remember they did the the double at Pocono yeah. with uh, the double header weekend. Things things like that are worth trying. Try new locations to to hold races as well the the Nashville the big yeah the big scuttlebutt with NASCAR is is they should hold a street race and oh you can't do it well we've seen Pinty's cars do it in Toronto and Mm -hmm. it's amazing to watch so yes you can have street festivals like St. Petersburg and IndyCar and the new Nashville race for IndyCar as well but Mm -hmm. you can do those kind of things and that's something that I think they could and should be looking at as well.
1: And I'm sure we will actually see it in the next coming years because there's always those rumors flying around each year that it's like, oh, we're going to have a street race on the streets of Chicago or Florida or whatever. There's always those rumors. One of those days, those rumors are going to be true.
0: Yes, that's true. Okay. So you're headed to Daytona in a few days. So mm-hmm. I think on our next podcast edition, which will be in a couple weeks, you should report back on, I want to see some good photos on social and that you can bring and share because I want to see good photos of those cars close up. Mm-hmm. I think they look really good. Uh, I was a little concerned and, well, not concerned. I, I was skeptical about the, the Clash event. I thought it was fantastic. I wasn't sure about the, the single lug nut tire of uh, 18 inches because they're significantly bigger. I thought right. that's a bit strange. But seeing them on the short track, I think they look great. Now, I don't know how it's going to impact pit stops. It seems as though they'll be faster, mm-hmm. which I don't know is better. But I think the cars look kind of cool. So I'm going to want to see some up-close video and or photos from you to verify that, please.
1: I will get them as I'll get as many as I can um, while I'm on the front stretch of them. Come on,
0: you're inside the ropes. You've got the good I access. You're, you're okay. Let's get I those know. good photos. Come on, let's let's do that. So that, that'll be Caitlin's task for the next, uh, <laughs> the next podcast that we do uh, in a couple of Just weeks. So
1: play the pictures all over.
0: Okay, so have a great time. Enjoy the sunshine. Uh, I will be- Okay, don't
1: jinx that though, because I went in 2020 and it rained every single day. I was there for one of two 500s that have ever been rained out.
0: Oh, I got a rain out story for you or a, a story of the race that never took place. Okay. At the Texas Motor Speedway in 2001- the, it was Champ Car then, I believe, and uh, they were supposed to race at the Texas Motor Speedway. But they found that the cars were going too fast, and the drivers were getting vertigo and blacking out on the laps what? as they were practicing. Speeds up over two hundred and forty miles an hour on a one point five mile track. They never straightened out, so that they could never they could never get uh, they could never get their equilibrium back. So they ended up canceling the race because they couldn't reach a conclusion to to how to, uh, how to run the race safely. So they never, they canceled, there were lawsuits and, and the whole bit. So I go back in, uh, I want to say 14, 15, something like that to, to work at the race for, for another outlet. And sure enough, it rains and it rains and they can't get the track dry. So they end up postponing the race for two months. And it was 2015, it, it was in two months into August, So twice I had gone to the Texas Motor Speedway and twice the race had not been run.
1: Have you ever gone to Texas and actually seen a race then?
0: Yes, I have now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So third time's the charm, but I did make make it back. So, okay. So there's your, your task for, uh, so enjoy the 500. I didn't say Mm -hmm. anything about weather. enjoy the 500 and we'll look forward to an update and info when you get back.
1: Yes. This will also be the determining factor of is Caitlin the rain curse for the NASCAR Pinty series? Good because it point. is the ongoing question. So I started NASCAR in 2019 and 2019 was arguably the most rainiest season for the NASCAR Pinty series. I think what it rained.
0: Maybe Every like
1: 70% of our races.
0: Yeah. It was crazy. It was, it
1: was, it was insane. Um, And then I went to, it, it even went to short track nationals at Chicasa that year rained, um, went to Martinsville that October and it rained the night before. Um, and then date and then went to Charlotte for the gala rained, <laughs> went to Daytona. I'm sensing, a pattern. The entire yeah, week. Yeah.
0: I'm sensing a pattern here.
1: So when I was at Daytona, the question was on Twitter is like Caitlin's in Daytona. That means she's the rain curse. So if it rains, if it, if the 500 rains out this year, I'll accept that I'm cursed with rain for racing. And,
0: and you will never be allowed back again.
1: I'll find my way. In. <laughs> you can't kick me out.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Good enough.
1: But I will accept the fact that I bring rain wherever I go. Not everywhere because this year we had... Rain oh you're a ray of sunshine
0: you're a hurry you're a sunshine <laughs> i everywhere.
1: was like oh it rained at sunset and did it rain at gp3r i think it did and oh it was after that oh shoddy air and icar it rained and then uh ctmp was sunny i think yeah okay i've actually right. lost track of where it's rained and when <laughs> so but we will see um i haven't looked at the forecast yet because i'm scared because i don't want to see if it's raining um, but I am bringing rain boots this year because I didn't last year. Okay, I just had. To You're eat.
0: planning ahead. You have a great time, and I will. Um, and we'll we'll look forward to your report
1: after. Yes, I will come back with a full fledged report on the next gen cars. Well, thank you for tuning in and listening to our first episode as we talk about race cars and sandwiches.
0: There will not necessarily be sandwiches on every episode, but I do see a theme of food going forward because you know I know you enjoy food and I certainly enjoy food, so I think we can definitely make food part of this. So yes. I, I, and that's part of, you know, the joy of going to different tracks as well as there are different food Ugh. options and choices. So yes. I think that's, I could see that definitely becoming uh becoming a thing in the, in the future. So yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Though this is going to be a fun thing that we're, we're starting. It's a, a bold new venture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about bold, but it's a new it's, venture. It's a bold and we'll new venture for
1: me. This is like your third or fourth podcast at this yeah. point.
0: That's okay, but it's this is a this is a fun one. I'm looking I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Oh, oh you know what we have to do because you know legal and lawyers and stuff, uh, yeah. The views of Caitlin and or Todd do not necessarily represent the views of NASCAR, NASCAR Pinty series, Green Savory, IndyCar, Avion Motorsports, Rev TV, Rev uh, anyone that we may or may not work for, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily represent their views. Our ideas and thoughts come from our own crooked Mm -hmm. brains. How's that?
1: As do our opinions as well. Yes. So our opinions do not reflect those of insert multiple companies here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like that. That's good. There's our disclaimer. Good.
1: There we go. But yes, going forward, um, you guys should be able to find us on all the major streaming networks, we should have them up in the next couple of weeks. I know Apple Podcasts will probably take a while to get up there. They have a much more intense filing process for uploading podcasts, but we should hopefully by at least episode two be up on Apple's, but you can find us on, uh, you will eventually be able to find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. And if we aren't on a site that you would like us on please let us know and we yes. will get up on there because we're just kind of hitting the major five at this point and but if for some reason you really 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 want us on iheart radio i'll put us on our radio it's no big deal dude just let me know
0: good okay episode one done have in fun ma- in daytona i and will and we'll reconvene in a couple of weeks
1: all right see you then